Welcome to Board Game Impact, a podcast where we look into board, card, dice, and other game-related topics of interest so that way you can know their potential impact for when they hit the table for your gaming group. Today I'm joined by a special guest who has interviewed more than 50 board game designers for her book, For the Love of Board Games, a book for board gamers. Welcome back to another episode of Board Game Impact. My name is Bruce Brown, and you can find me on Board Game Geek as Bruce Brown, and you can also find me on all the social media sites as Board Game Impact. Today, we have a very special guest joining us for the show. Can you please introduce yourself and tell the listeners how to connect with your work? Yes, my name is Aaron Dean. I'm the author of For the Love of Board Games, a book for board gamers, which is now on Kickstarter. Uh, to connect with me, you can reach out to me on Facebook by just searching my name, Aaron Dean. And uh, the best way to kind of stay updated with my work is to join our Facebook groups for the love of board games dash book and for the love of board games dash podcast. And then we also have a website under that same name for the love of board games dot com. Awesome. So, Aaron, you've got this amazing book coming out. You've also made a video documentary on YouTube uh, that is called The Board Game Boom that came out in 2017. So can you please tell our listeners more about your content and what inspired you to create these awesome things? So basically the main thing that has been inspiring me with these projects is basically I am just a huge board gamer. These, both the documentary I created and the book I've written are huge passion projects for me. I find it fun, um, you know, to talk about board games because I'm a gamer myself. I play board games all the time. I run a uh, weekly board game night with some St. Louis natives. And yeah, it's just been great. And it's been um, really awesome to connect with some really cool people in the industry. Fantastic. So in your book, uh, can you tell the listeners about the content of the book? Because I think it's pretty unique. Yeah, so this book um, interviews over 50 board game designers, um, everywhere from uh, Bruno Catala, Jamie Stegmeier, uh, Richard Garfield, um, a lot of big names in the industry. And I interview them because a lot of people play these games and they don't really know about the people behind the games. They don't know about who these people are that actually created them. And I always find it interesting interesting to hear the backstory of these types of games. So, you know, there wasn't really any book out there that was exploring that. So I'm like, I'm going to have to do it myself. So I interviewed all these designers, asked them about their history with board gaming, how they got into designing games, games they designed that never got published, some of the creative processes behind their most popular games and so on and so forth. And uh, what I found is very interesting, and I think others will find it interesting too. That's fantastic. So I actually did some research as well, and you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head with the subject matter of your book in that the content that's out there right now is really essentially, hey, here's some tips on designing your game. Uh, so you've got the white box of game design, which gives you components and some different run-throughs uh, that you can play with to kind of get that creative process going. You've got the Cabal Guide to Game Design, uh, which interviews these people, but from the perspective of these are the things you need to think about, right? So it's focused right. on the content. What I think is really unique and that you just talked about is that you're interviewing these designers who have been interviewed in some of these other books or wrote forwards in some of these books, but from a very different perspective, and that is capturing their story, which I think we all have a story and not all of us tell it. And 
I think that your book is doing a lot of really good justice to that. I've read the chapter from Richard Garfield in which he talks about some of the struggles going back and forth between different designs and somehow it took maybe 10 years for some of these projects to launch or it launched into something Mm -hmm. he never expected. But it's really capturing that essence of that story. And I got to ask, how do you go into these interviews and capture that narrative that's going on and then write it in a way to actually hold on to that spirit of that story? Yeah, so, you know, I went to school for video production. So a lot of the work I was doing in school was I was interviewing people, you know, to get stories on film. So this is nothing different from that, except it's in written form rather than video form. So I know how to write story eliciting questions and to get that story out of people you know those stories out of people where um it provokes a thought it provokes a memory a moment in their you know life that people you know otherwise wouldn't know about so uh i guess to answer your question um i i was just you know i know how to get stories out of people by framing the right questions and kind of uh you know, framing it in a way where it does elicit stories. And then, you know, I've written the current sample chapter that's on my Kickstarter is written in third person. I've now decided after talking to my editor that I've hired um, that it would be better to make it first person. So it's really, truly coming from the designers in their own words. And I think people are going to really appreciate that uh, perspective. So how has it been to actually hold these interviews with these different famous designers that many of us have just seen as a name in the box and somebody that is all inspiring to many of us of a dream job (laughs) that many would like Mm -hmm. to have? What's that process been like? I mean, all these, you know, designers have been really down to earth people. Um, Some of them aren't even full time designers. Some of them, it's just a side gig that they do for fun. And that's really interesting, too, that, you know, maybe for five years they were a part time designer and now they've finally become full time. And even hearing their stories in that regard have, have have been very interesting. And, you know, once I got their contact information, I did not. I mean, almost every designer I reached out to was willing to be interviewed. And they I mean, people love talking about themselves. People love talking about their stories. And this was no different from that. And um yeah, I, I, I would encourage you if you're wanting to get into the board game industry, whether it's through game design or social media or marketing or whatever you whatever your professional background is, reach out to publishers, reach out to designers. They are going to be more than willing to talk to you if you just make the effort to you know reach out to them and do a little research beforehand. That's fantastic to hear, and it should be hopefully inspiring to many of our listeners who go to all these conventions, see these different individuals, and then sometimes kick themselves at the end of the day. It's like, ah, I had that moment. I could have interacted. Uh, So in these conversations you've had with them, and you talked about being able to ask questions that generate great stories and really pull on those heartstrings and pull on their memories, and you're able to translate that into film and book. Uh, What's a story that's really stuck with you? One of my favorite stories out of all the designers I interviewed was from Evan Derrick, who works for Van Ryder Games. He's the creative director there, and he designs games for them. He designed a game that was on Kickstarter. It's still being fulfilled right now, so it's not in retail, but it's called Detective City of Angels. It's a kind of deduction uh, game that takes place in uh, the you know, LA, um, I think in the 1940s or 50s, but it's a very, very cool game that I personally backed and I wanted to know the story behind it. 
he was talking about how there was a time where he was out to or out to dinner with his wife and while they were out to dinner her car got broken into and her purse was stolen and her um her backpack with all her art sketches because she's an artist were stolen and she was really really bummed and devastated about that so evan kind of got into the mind of the robber and like okay i here was the car uh where would i go first i'd probably go down this dark alley because there's not a lot of lights and he actually kind of got in the mind of the robber and then actually found the bag his wife's bag in a dumpster and he was like how can i recreate this kind of feeling of being a detective in a game and that's the inspiration behind it so i was like whoa that is like the coolest story ever oh and my. no one and no one knew that until i you know interviewed him about it and i just found that so interesting that you know these inspiration behind uh, these board games can come from the strangest you know coolest stories ever wow uh legitimately that is one of the most interesting stories i've ever heard about where a, a board game or some different things come from but if you think about it it makes perfect sense because we have these different experiences in life or we read these different texts and we incorporate them into our own minds and make our own narratives from them. I know in the Richard Garfield chapter, he talks about the creative process behind D&D, but then also looking at the tales of the Arabian Nights and how pulling some of those lessons actually influenced some of the characters that he made for Magic the Gathering, as well as the spirit of some of that game. So it makes perfect sense that hey, going through this for some would be a very traumatic event of having your wife's purse robbed, uh, actually living that experience would give that content that they could live with. Wow. That is incredible. And so you've gotten, so that's just one of how many designers? 53. So, I mean, and mo most of the designers I interviewed, I interviewed them about multiple, multiple game designs they, they did. So that's just one example of probably a hundred games that are talked about in the book. Wow. So you had this, uh, study for film and for capturing stories when did that first click to combine that with your also your passion for board games you know when I was in you know when I was at my university you know every time I was given a film project or a class assignment of sorts I always wanted to do it about board games because my two passions are video production and board games. So why not combine the two? It, it wasn't really a specific moment of it clicking in my mind. It was just, you know, I've always been a board gamer and I've always enjoyed making films. So no, why not combine the two? So when I was given the opportunity in a class I was in, I was in a class called documentary production. And we had to create a 10-minute documentary short on a subject of our choosing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this has to be about board games. So now, um, you know, I interviewed a lot of St. Louis local board game professionals, uh, you know, designers, developers, publishers, uh, things of that nature. And I did this 10-minute short of why board game sales are rising in a digital culture. And uh, now it's up to, you know, 30,000 organic views, which is really, really cool. Well, congrats on the success of that, as well as all the other acclaims that are coming with this book. I know many people are excited about it. So what's the process been like for you that you put this content out there? And what's that feedback been like? And what how has that been affirming? Because I assume it's got to be affirming combining your two passions. Yeah. And I, I, I think just hearing people's feedback, like, oh my gosh, thank you for making this or thank you for doing this or, oh my gosh, I wish, 
think more things like this existed. That's always, it feels so good to me because it's like, wow, people are appreciating my work and they too are board gamers and they're also craving this type of, type of content, which is really, really awesome to hear. And um, I think more and more as the board game hobby becomes more and more popular, we're going to start seeing a lot of different forms of content, which I'm really excited for. So speaking of things being excited, uh, exciting and new content coming out in many different arenas, what's been most exciting through this entire process? And then also, how has this influenced your love of the hobby even more so potentially? Well, this being my first Kickstarter and its success, the fact that it's been almost, you know, five times funded, I it has sparked so many more ideas in me and I, I cannot wait to share some more projects that I have coming up with um, fellow board gamers. And I think, you know, doing these types of projects, you know, really, really makes me appreciate the hobby. And I know that this is a passion I'm going to have for the rest of my life. So speaking of that passion in your in the chapter that I was able to read through it uh, at the end of it, it also talked about where these passions come from for these different individuals and also in the beginning. So for Richard Garfield, for talking about really maximizing the outcome of the games that they had. Right. Um, but then also finding that cult, like the kind of the cult of the new, as we'd call it now of like the crave for new knowledge. Right. What is your background in gaming? Uh, so what are some of the things that have inspired you to get to this point or some of the games that have been influential for you? So a lot of the games I played as a child were the traditional mass, mar mass market games. So I played Candyland, Monopoly, all those terrible games that I could not even touch anymore. But like uh, when I was in high school, I believe I was a junior or sophomore in high school, I was gifted um, Ticket to Ride by one of my aunts and I fell in love with the game. No one was flipping over the table. The game was really fresh and had a lot of different, you know, modes for strategy. And I did not stop after that point. I, I found out about Board Game Geek and started researching other games. And now I have a collection of almost 150 games. Uh, and I host a game night twice a week. I am creating this board game content. I do a podcast that we're up to nine episodes. We're going to start releasing them because I've been stockpiling them. But Congrats. They'll, they'll, yeah, thank you. Um, that'll be releasing soon. So every every free you know moment I have, it's a it's board game related, and I I wouldn't have it any other way. I've always been someone where I've wanted to work in the board game industry for a while now, but. I don't have the I don't have the desire to design my own game. I don't have the desire to make, you know, board game reviews and cover board games, you know, on a regular basis. I I'm someone who I I want to look at the industry and I want to see what other people aren't doing and look at it from a kind of investigative point of view like why aren't they doing it? Um and so I always try to create something that no one has done before or at least kind of approach it in a different angle. Um, and it's worked out really well. And I, I have a, a huge project I've been working on for the past couple months that I cannot wait to announce. This is something the industry has not seen. Other industries have it, but um, this is something that has been untouched and I can't wait to announce it. So stay tuned in the next couple weeks. Okay. Um, Listeners, you heard it here. Yeah, so um, I'm very, very excited about it, and I can't wait to share it. 
Fantastic. And I cannot wait to hear what that is. And you'll have to follow up so that way we can talk about what talk about it once it actually comes out and is announced. So I'd be amiss to ask. Uh, so I think that is an absolutely fantastic way to approach any new thing. And that is, let's find the, essentially the nexus of here's one thing, here's another, but here's a thing that's not really um, and not really been covered and find that perfect sweet spot in the middle that you can leverage where your talents and passions lie, which it sounds like is exactly what you've been doing. Right. Congratulations on breaking through that wall and getting into the industry because you have um, and you've been able to network with all these individuals. Now, I'm curious for you to hear from you. Where does that creativity come from? I mean... I've always been a creative person. I think I made my first film when I was in kindergarten. And it was called Super Guy. It was like with puppets and it, had a, <laughs> it was like a superhero kind of puppet video. And Oh my I, gosh. <laughs> yeah. And I've always, I've just always had a creative spark in me. But it, I feel like recently I've really started to channel that energy and really have taken it in a direction that I think there's a future for. So I'm very excited to see uh, what the future holds and uh, where the industry is going. And one other thing I wanted to mention was yeah. I'm also the part-time social media manager for Lucky Duck Games. They're the creators behind Vikings Gone Wild, Fruit Ninja, Jetpack Joyride, Chronicles of Crime. And the reason I got that job is because I stacked the odds in my favor. So my advice to people who want to work in the industry is do something you're not being asked to do. So when I reached out to Lucky Duck, I kind of researched publishing companies that I thought were on the brink of hiring a social media manager. I looked at their team pages. They didn't have a social media manager, but they're getting big enough where it's like, okay, they might be considering it. So I reached out to those board game publishers and already came in with a you know targeted social media plan with all my ideas and how we could improve the social media and, you know, something that wasn't required for, you know, and didn't even necessarily have a job posting about, but just identifying those companies you want to work for and are, you know, excited to work for, and then figuring out what your professional background is and where you can help and wh what they're missing is key. So there's a wonderful book out there, and I think that is some very sage advice, and it goes right in line with this. There's a wonderful book out there called called How Full Is Your Parachute, um, in which they talk about essentially doing your homework, exactly what you were doing, of finding those opportunities and kind of figuring out the timing, but then realizing you're up in the plane at however high a distance, and you got to be able to make the jump, but realize like your parachute will deploy, but there's going to be a time where it's like, Oh, I don't know how this is going. I'm kind of falling through midair. Um, what, what did it feel like for you to get that? Yes. It, it just, it, it just, you know, hard work pays off. That's, I mean, that's as simple as I can put it, you know, obviously I got some no's before then. Um, but when I got to that, yes, it was just like, this was all worth it. The research was wor worth it. Putting the effort into the social media plan was worth it. And it's really just, like I said, stacking the odds in your favor, you know, to get what you want ultimately. And so in all this, um, just to kind of sum up, uh, what's been a, another important lesson that you've learned in working with all these fantastic designers? I think the biggest lesson that I've learned as far as game design goes is to get your idea on paper. I think that applies for any, you know, anything you're doing, whether it's game design or content creation or whatever. Get your idea out of your head and onto paper or on video or onto a Google Doc or something so you can actually start to work towards it 
rather than just letting it live in your head. I, that's what I've heard from a lot of designers, and I totally agree with their advice on that. Okay, great. Uh, so I think that's about all the time we have for today. But I do want to encourage our listeners to go out and if, if you can find a copy, go on there, go online and get a copy of For the Love of Board Games. Go check that out. Uh, but can you please remind our listeners of how they can actually track down a copy of that fantastic book as well as connect with your other work? Yes. Yeah, so um, just by searching For the Love of Board Games on Kickstarter will uh, allow you to find my book. And even when the Kickstarter ends, if you're watching this at a later or listening to this at a later date, you'll be able to um, still pre-order the book uh, when the Kickstarter ends. There will be a button on the top of the page where you can do that. And as far as keeping track with my upcoming projects, definitely go um, and check out ForTheLoveOfBoardGames.com and join my two Facebook groups, For the Love of Board Games Dash Book and For the Love of Board Games Dash Podcast. Well, thank you so much, Aaron, for joining us. This has been a really enlightening conversation for me, and I know our listeners are going to get a lot of joy out of this, but it's really inspiring to hear uh, from you and all the success that you've been able to have, as well as some of those really impactful stories that you've been able to capture. So thank you for spending time with us today and all the hard work you've been doing. Thank you so much, Bruce, for having me on the show. This was awesome. Again, my name is Bruce Brown. If you'd like to know more about Erin and her book, all the information will be provided in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Board Game Impact. I hope that learning about what experiences are going on for me uh, helps make a positive impact for your gaming group. You can learn more about the show by visiting boardgameimpact.com. If you have any topics that you'd like to have discussed, please email me at boardgameimpact@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Please follow us on Instagram and like our Facebook page at Board Game Impact. Thank you uh, to our phenomenal Patreon backers and PayPal donors for supporting the show and making all of this possible. If you enjoyed the show, I'd greatly appreciate it if you'd take a quick minute and if you could share this with some friends and especially rate it on iTunes and any other platform that you might be enjoying this content from as it greatly helps get our show out there and help spread the word to others. Until next time, go have a positive impact on the world.